You're listening to Community Radio, KVMR, FM, Nevada City, KCPC, Camino. It's Friday, August 19th. It's 6 p.m., and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. I'm Claudio Mendonça. Soon, Californians will be able to sue illegal distributors of assault weapons and so-called ghost guns in the style of Texas's Senate Bill 8, also known as the Texas Heartbeat Act, The laws incentivize informing on others by offering a financial reward or bounty to those reporting. The California Report talks to Nigel Duara, justice reporter with Cal Matters, to better understand the story. After regional news and weather, Felton Pruitt talks with members of Buco Chapeau. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. Residents of a Siskiyou County community ravaged by wildfire last month are suing the Oregon-based electrical utility they say is to blame. KQED's Dan Brecky reports. The McKinney Fire started the afternoon of July 29th just outside the hamlet of Klamath River, reportedly near power lines owned by Portland's Pacific Corps. The blaze quickly incinerated about 100 homes in the area and killed four people. A lawsuit filed earlier this week in Sacramento on behalf of five Siskiyou County residents alleges Pacific Corps' power lines were poorly maintained and that the company's negligence led to the fire. Pacific Corps, which serves about 2 million customers in the Pacific Northwest, has declined comment. The U.S. Forest Service says it's still investigating the cause of the fire. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. Last night, the Siskiyou County Office of Emergency Services announced that all evacuation orders for the McKinney Fire have been lifted. Officials say residents who are returning home should be aware that there's a significant amount of toxic materials and debris in the area. Governor Newsom has unveiled what he's calling a master plan to boost mental health services for kids across the state. The bulk of the funding was approved by the legislature in last year's budget. $4.7 billion. $4.7 billion to focus on universal screening and support and services for all of our children in the state of California from the age of zero to 25. The plan provides funding to schools statewide to hire 40,000 more mental health professionals and increase the number of school counselors. According to the governor's office, more than a quarter million California children struggle with major depression, but more than 60 percent receive no treatment. Meanwhile, suicide rates among young people are increasing. Starting next year, Californians will be able to sue people who distribute ghost guns and assault weapons illegally. That's thanks to a new law Governor Newsom signed late last month. The law is modeled on Texas abortion legislation, and both of the laws offer private citizens a chance at financial rewards for reporting other people's activities. Nigel Duara is a justice reporter at Cal Matters, and he's written about the ties between these laws and centuries-old bounty hunting systems. He joins me now to share more. Hi, Nigel. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Of course. So let's just do a quick recap of the Texas abortion law, SB8, which passed in 2021. Sure. 
So before Roe v. Wade was officially overturned by the Supreme Court, there were lots of states that were already finding ways to make it really hard to get an abortion, and Texas was one of those. In 2013, they closed down half of their abortion clinics, and uh, Wendy Davis made a protest against it. So to effectively ban abortion without violating what was then still a federally protected right under Roe v. Wade, Texas decided to put a bounty on people helping others to get an abortion. And now, how does the California law, which Governor Newsom signed a few weeks ago, mirror that Texas legislation? Well, first, it mentions the Texas legislation inside of the bill itself. And it says that anyone that's selling what California defines as an assault weapon or a ghost gun, meaning that the serial numbers are filed off, can be reported. And in both the California and in the Texas bills, they put bounties on these claims. So basically, if you find someone in Texas who assisted someone else to get an abortion, or you find someone in California who is selling illegal guns or ghost guns or assault weapons, then you can report them. And if you report them, you can actually get a financial reward. The state is incentivizing everyone going out and doing this. This kind of reminds me of like making a citizen's arrest. And I know you've been looking into the history of citizen enforcement of laws, Where did these laws come from? Well, the first bounty laws in history go back to England in like the 1300s, but they carried over with the colonists into the early days of the U.S. And this is what David Engstrom told me. He's a law professor at Stanford. Before you had a really strong central state and before you had a professional civil service, a lot of government services were provided on a bounty or a fee-for-service basis. But what ended up happening was U.S. lawmakers created a system that encouraged bounty hunters to maximize their earnings by finding the most crimes, not the most serious crimes. So people's incentive wasn't to stop crime, but to get the bounty however they could. And Congress decided you can't run a country like that. So we eventually slowly got rid of bounties at the state level, at the federal level, and instead we started hiring people to do those jobs full-time, like IRS agents and beat cops. So what are experts afraid of now that these bounty laws are becoming more common again? Well, I think some of the concerns are in the California law, right? The morning that it's enacted, Governor Newsom is on Twitter and he's talking to Greg Abbott and he's running ads in Florida telling people to move here. So it's hard to look at those and say that he wasn't trying to sort of troll those states. It's also important to note that in the California law, there's sort of this self-destruct clause, right? That it says if the courts find that the Texas law is unconstitutional, then this one goes away too. For both laws, for their part, the ACLU calls them an attack on the Constitution. And experts are kind of worried that this is setting a precedent, that it's going to tell states that bounties are a way to enforce the laws they want without technically violating the Constitution. So there's a concern, right, that this is going to create this dangerous workaround. And we're already seeing it. These bounty laws are already cropping up in other states, like in Idaho and in Illinois. Uh, Those apply to abortion in Idaho and guns in Illinois. But the question is, I think, to us and to these legal scholars, is reverting to citizen enforcement really the best way to enforce the laws that the government couldn't otherwise enforce? Nigel Duara covers justice for Cal Matters. Nigel, thanks again for talking with us. Thanks so much. Support for the California Report comes from Silicon Valley Community Foundation. Supporting KQED reporting on early childhood policies and practices around the state. Learn more at siliconvalleycf.org. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel Falcor 2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration on the web at SchmidtOcean.org.
And that's the California Report for Friday, August 19th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Katie McMurrin, Seal Muller, Jim Bennett, and Christopher Beal. Our producers are Amanda Stupai and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Ki Sung. Our vice president of news is Ethan Toven Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. In local news, the Union of Grass Valley reports that officials found the bodies of Juan Almanza Zavala, 36, and Janet Pantoja, 29, the Yuba City couple reported missing after failing to return from a trip to attend hot August nights in Reno. Authorities received a 911 call on Wednesday afternoon alerting them of a vehicle wrecked over an embankment near Highway 20 and Poker Flat Road. California Highway Patrol and Nevada County deputies responded and found Zavala and Pantoja outside the vehicle. CHP is performing an accident investigation. Several convicted sex offenders out of registration compliance were found on Thursday in a sweep as investigators continued to look for 16-year-old Kylie Rodney, who went missing two weeks ago after attending a large party at a Nevada County campground. The Truckee Police Department conducted the sex offender compliance sweep through the Truckee and North Tahoe area with the help from Placer County Sheriff's Office, the Auburn Police Department, and the Placer County Probation Department. The sweep was part of ongoing efforts for investigators to find any information that might lead them to Rodney, who was last seen in the early hours of August 6th at a party with 200 to 300 young people at the Prosser Family Campground. Nevada County officials, who are also leading the search with Placer authorities, said Kylie's last cell phone ping was about 12.30 a.m. near the reservoir that surrounds the campgrounds. A total of 73 investigators continued to search for the missing teen on Thursday, but authorities have not found Rodney or her vehicle, a silver Honda CRV with California license plate 8YUR127. Investigators ask that anyone who remembers seeing Kylie or has relevant information call 530-581-6320, option 7, or send an email to sheriff underscore Tahoe invest tips at placer.ca.gov. The teen's family has increased the reward for her discovery to $75,000 thanks to an anonymous donation, according to Rodney's father. That from the Sacramento Bee. And in culinary news, both Lefty's Grill and its sister restaurant, Lefty's Taco House, announced they'll be closing their doors for good. That's according to the Union of Grass Valley. Friar Tux is also closed, although temporarily. Ubinet.com says that a health inspection was conducted on Thursday at the Nevada City restaurant following a complaint and that the food facility was closed pending the completion of corrective actions listed in that inspection's report. Moving to state news, the Los Angeles Times published a story saying that a new poll has found that strong majorities of California voters hope that neither President Biden nor former President Trump run again in two years. 
The survey by UC Berkeley's Institute of Governmental Studies and co-sponsored by the LA Times found that roughly six in 10 respondents are against Biden trying for a second term in 2024. Another Trump campaign would be even less popular with more than 70% in opposition. Vice President Kamala Harris, widely considered Biden's chosen successor to lead the party, fell behind Governor Gavin Newsom and independent Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont as poll respondents' choice if Biden does not run. Staying with state news, plans for a bullet train line connecting the Central Valley to downtown San Francisco took a major leap forward this week when rail officials signed off on a 43-mile extension. California's High Speed Rail Authority Board voted unanimously on Thursday to sign off on a preferred route and environmental clearance for the segment that would carry fast trains from San Jose into San Francisco by sharing electrified track with Caltrans's commuter trains. The line could open for service as soon as 2033. That from the San Francisco Chronicle. Turning now to regional weather... A heat advisory remains in effect until 7 p.m. on Saturday for the Sierra Foothills and the Central Valley. In Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight clear with a low around 69 degrees. Saturday will be sunny and hot with a high near 99. Saturday night will be much like tonight, clear with a low around 69. On Sunday, Grass Valley and Nevada City will be sunny with a high near 94 degrees. The AQI for Grass Valley and Nevada City is currently 18. Good. In Truckee and the Lake Tahoe region, tonight clear with a low around 51. Saturday, sunny with a high near 84. On Saturday night, the skies over Truckee will be clear with a low around 53. Sunday will be sunny with a high near 83. The current AQI in Truckee and the Lake Tahoe area is 19. Also good. And in Sacramento, tonight clear with a low around 64. Saturday will be sunny and hot with a high near 106. Saturday night will be clear, cooling to 66 degrees before climbing back to a high of 94 on Sunday. The AQI for Sacramento is currently considered satisfactory with a value of 35. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Buko Chapeau has been together for over a decade and have played all over the world. Felton Pruitt recently caught up with two members of the award-winning acoustic quartet. We're talking with Maggie McCaig and Luke Wilson from Buko Chapeau. They're playing at the Wild Eye Pub on Saturday, August 27th at 6.30 p.m. And Luke and Maggie, we haven't chatted in a long time, so how are you guys doing? Good. We're doing good. We're we're hanging in. We're alive. And despite, you know, all the crazy stuff, we're doing a lot of things that give us pleasure and then worrying about all the other things as well. Well, it's nice to have you guys back uh, playing music. Of course, nobody was playing music for a while. We kind of missed you. So Boku Chopo back on the uh, on the on the stage, let's say. We are slowly creeping back mainly trying to play places where we can be outside still as we work our way through the COVID mystery. This will be our first kind of real sort of 
public gig, although the we did a concert at the library in June, the, you know, this wonderful concert series that In Concert Sierra and Friends of the Library do at the Madeline Helene Library, there's a little outdoor amphitheater. And But before that, we had started out with a celebration of life for a dear elder who had passed away last year, and then we played a wedding, and then we played the 10th wedding anniversary for a couple whose wedding we had played at, at the Miners Foundry. So it was, it was an interesting way to get back into the world of playing for people. You talked about uh, doing something that you had done 10 years ago. How far back does Boku Chapeau go? <laughs> well, I think this is about something like our 13th year. Luke and I have been playing with, with Murray Campbell in uh, first even with our, our Celtic band, the Celtic Wonder Band, and then Storm Session with Michael Zisman on bass. And then I just really started to play more accordion, and it was just really wanting to lean into, uh, you know, French and Italian and, and Balkan music, which I danced and sung. And Randy came along and, like, heard us about the third time we were playing at the Classic Cafe and just said... and. I want to do this too. I said, okay, well, we rehearse on Wednesday night. He said, I'll be there. And that was in 2009. That was maybe May or June or somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, many, many rehearsals, many Wednesday evening rehearsals later where we decided, you know, it, you know in the pandemic, everybody was you know, trying to figure out where to go from here. And I, I, I just didn't know for a while, like what, what, what uh, maybe this was a sign to, you know, take up a whole other genre of music. But then, when you know, we started to get calls to do something. We just, we all wanted to play and do this again. So we are. Well, I remember that those Friday evenings at the Classic Cafe over the years were always uh, wonderful. So it's nice to have you guys back out. And you're going to be outside at the Wild Eye Pub. We're going to be outside, you know, Beth and, and Dave, the, David, the owners, I don't think anybody has worked as hard through the pandemic to keep a restaurant open, which had only opened a year before the pandemic, and to support live music. You know, Beth, of course, is a wonderful singer herself, but she's just, they just threw themselves into, we're going to make this happen somehow, and however we can make the music happen. And, you know, they had built this stage and their own sound system and really just put, so we're, we're happy to see how their Creekside area has developed it's really lovely it's right along wolf creek and you can hear wolf creek singing in the background as it's making its way down it's it's creek bed and they take such good care of musicians there on like other places i won't mention but but, that place is amazing they just scoop you up and take care of you all yeah 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 Yeah. so it's so it's great and um, the last time we played there was, I remember so well, February 23rd, 2020. It was inside. It was a whole evening of our original music, me playing lots of guitar. And um, every piece that I wrote or wrote with the band or Randy wrote. And to a great full house. And that was kind of the direction we'd been going. We were doing just a lot more kind of broader spectrum, you know, Americana, uh, folk me and you know singer songwriter mode but um as we've come back into it people have been asking you know they've sort of wanted some cafe music in their lives so that's what we're doing with this date at the wild eye is 
sort of a Euro Cafe Redux, and we've been uh, just going through our rather large repertoire of these amazing songs and dance tunes from France and Italy and you know, Macedonia and Greece and um, Bulgaria and Croatia and Serbia, Spain, Mexico. Who knows where else we'll go, but a, a, a lot of music that, unless people have been following us closely, they've likely never heard before. But, you know, m- many things might sound somewhat familiar to them, but it's not the usual music you get in our corner of the world. We're talking with Maggie McKaig and Luke Wilson from Boku Chapeau, who are playing at the Wild Eye Pub on Saturday, August 27th, 6.30 p.m., out back at Creekside. If folks want to find out more about how to follow your music, I bet there's a website or a Facebook page or something. Yeah, well, certainly uh, Boku Chapeau has a Facebook page. On my webpage, my maggiemckeg.com webpage, there's also Boku Chapeau has a has a page there. Um, you can check out, of course, the Wild Eye Pubs website and Facebook page. There's all, all the info is there. We start at about 6.30, depending on, on the weather, and there's going to be, people are just going to be encouraged to have fun and, and uh, sing and dance and just, you know, carry on, carry on. wonderful ethnic behavior. Cause a ruckus. Yeah, just cause a ruckus, without a doubt, so... Well, I know that every time I've seen you, I've always kind of felt like I was in a like a cafe in Paris back in the 1930s or 40s sometimes. So you yeah. start there and then you move all over the world, don't you? You move over. You're in Skopje. You're, in, you know, wherever. We, yeah, just just and from the tiny mountain villages to to wherever we've we've uh, been given these tunes and collected them and. Um, and we're not, you know, we don't play them super authentically, but we're sort, we're very authentic in our, in authenticity. This is one way to say. And and we've been encouraged by people from these countries to do what we're doing with these songs. So, so that is very, um, that's great. And they, yeah, we we love it. I think people pick that up and they have a great time too. All right, we've been talking with Maggie McKeg and Luke Wilson. You can see. Boku Chapeau at the Wild Eyed Pub on Saturday, August 27th. It's going to be a great evening. Have fun, folks. Thanks. Thank you so Thanks much, Felton. Thanks, KVMR. Love you guys. That's our newscast for Friday, August 19th. KVMR is supported by our listeners and by businesses like Atmosphere Design Build, a full-service architecture and construction firm creating distinctively modern, high-performance buildings throughout Northern California, specializing in net-zero energy homes for a low-carbon future. AtmosphereDesignBuild.com And Carmen's Garden and Greenhouse, locally owned since 2012 on Loma Rica Drive, Grass Valley. Stocking greenhouse coverings and components, down-to-earth amendments, IPM products, and more. Open Monday through Friday, 10 to 5. K-A-R-M-E-N-S, garden.com. Thanks for listening. Up next is the California Report magazine, and then at 7 p.m., it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. I'm Claudio Mendonça. Have a wonderful weekend and join us right here on Monday for another edition of the KVMR Evening News.